Father, we thank you for the opportunity to spend time in your precious word. We pray this morning that as we enter your word, your Holy Spirit would open up our hearts and minds and we would be receptive of what, to what you would have for us this morning. I pray, Father God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. And that as we listen, we would hear, listen to hear you speak specifically to us on what it is you would have for each and every one of us to take away from this passage and to put into practice so that our lives would conform to the image of Christ. Again, we give you thanks for this time and may your purpose and your will be accomplished as your word goes forth this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Our text is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through, verses 6 through 9. Most of you are probably very familiar with this text, and so you probably can quote it out of your head. It says in the ESV, Philippians 4, 6 through 9, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. This morning's topic is the three P's that lead to peace. Hopefully it'll help us to remember, I know it helps me to remember, the three P's that lead to peace. Just recently, my wife and I were on a cruise. Those of you who may have heard about it, the Love Like You Mean It cruise. It was, it was good. It was enjoyable. Um, but from the very beginning, the Lord gave me the opportunity to see this verse in practice. One of the things that happened in the hotel before we got on the cruise was my wife misplaced her passport. I did not have any insurance to allow me that if we missed the cruise to get any refunds. So that was a bit of a challenge. God was good. We found it. On the cruise, a lot of things happened. My wife lost her sweater. Um, I learned not to be anxious about anything. But, no, I didn't lose my wife. God is good. God is good. But it was amazing that I said, Lord, why? And then, yeah, I'd be lost the camera too. Thank you, yeah, that's true too, boy. We lost quite a few things, but God found, helped us to find it. But the thing that really was God answering prayer was that as we went through the various sessions on the cruise, 
God challenged my heart on some of the things that I was and wasn't doing as a husband and a father and as a parent. And everybody, my wife was being challenged as well in her own sessions. And I asked God, I said, Father, there's some challenging things that I need to share with my wife. I need you to provide an opportunity to do that. By prayer and supplication, I, with thanksgiving, I made my request known unto God. And God answered my prayer, but not in the way I thought. The last day of the cruise, I was getting dressed, I was going to go out on the, on the deck and just enjoy my quiet time, and my wife was laying in the bed, and I touched her and said, I'm going out. She turned over. She started to talk. And then she started to cry. Now, I'm not one to take tears well. So, and during that 30 minute, 45 minutes, the Lord answered my prayer. He allowed us to share the things that had been challenging to us, the things that he had spoken to us about. And we were able to leave the cruise with a level of freedom, with a level of, I told someone we were now walking in step because God heard and answered my prayer. I could have been anxious. I was a bit apprehensive. But I once again was able to see God bring his word to life. Members of the incredible body of Christ, my prayer and my heart's desire as we go through 2015, as, as we walk through the, through the valleys of this year, we will see God's word come to life. See the reality of the truth of his word Blossom, bear fruit in our lives for our good and for his glory. That's my prayer. And as I encourage you, I believe, with this text this morning, I pray that God would do just that. He would bring forth fruit. The blurb that I sent to Alan said, No, God and you will know peace, but know God, and you will have no peace. Now this is a familiar saying, but the question I said was, do we really believe it, and by extension, do we practice it? And I pray this morning we will be reminded of how in the midst, in the midst of chaos, and the confusion and challenges we face, we can truly have peace, but not necessarily a peace that we expect. Peace is defined as freedom from disturbance, a quiet, a serenity, a, a tranquility. Freedom of the mind from annoyance, distraction, anxiety, or obsession. A cessation of or freedom from any strife or dissension. But the peace that we are talking about today in this text is a peace that occurs in the midst of disturbance. It's a peace that occurs in the midst of the annoyance and the distraction, in the midst of the obsession, the strife and the dissension. It is a peace 
in the middle of the chaos and the violence and confusion, a, a peace in the middle of the conflict, a peace in the middle of the pain, the suffering, the difficulties. It's a peace that comes from God and God alone. It's a peace that provides a confidence that is a confidence and a trust in God that he will provide. He will guide. He will strengthen. He will sustain. He will save. He will deliver. And in the midst, in the midst of the chaos, he will provide that encouragement. He will provide what you need. That's the peace that we're talking about this morning. And from the text, we're going to look at the three P's, the three things that lead us, that, that get us to that peace. The first P is petition. Noah Webster defines petition as a prayer, supplication, an imperation, an, an entreaty, especially request of a solemn or formal kind, a prayer to the, to the supreme being or to a person of superior power, rank, or authority. The second P is to, to ponder. To weigh in the mind, to, to view with deliberation, to examine carefully, to consider attentively. It means to dwell upon with long and anxious attention, with a view to some practical result or decision. And the last P is we must practice or perform. To carry it through, to bring it to completion, to achieve it, to accomplish it, to execute to do. Petition, ponder, perform, or practice. Now the book of Philippians is an interesting book. It was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, and it was a letter of encouragement and a thank you letter to them for the gift they had given him through one of the saints who had visited him. The saint was named Epaphroditus. And he came and brought their gift to Paul. Paul at this time when he wrote the letter was in prison and there was a possibility of death hanging over his head. I need you to, 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 to picture that. Paul is in prison under guard, probably under house arrest, possibly waiting to go before season with the potential of being put to death. Yet he is able to say be anxious about nothing. That is the peace we're talking about. Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 through 4. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what was happened has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul was in prison. Paul was under arrest. And yet Paul was somehow able to say, don't be anxious. Bear that in mind as we look at this passage this morning. 
the first P, petition. He says in Philippians 4, 6-7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Petition. And the first step in that petition is not to be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. It says in nothing to be anxious. Any situation, any circumstance, any problem that you find yourself in, anything that you're in the middle of right now, the text says don't be anxious. Do not be concerned about trouble, worried about anything. And this is actually a command. It's not a word of encouragement. We're told, do not be anxious about anything. It is a command to be executed by us here and now and to continue it at all times. Don't be anxious. When we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through, 20, through 34, we read, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing? So look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you by being anxious, which of you by worrying, which of you by being overly concerned can add a single hour to his span of life? Or why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You don't even have to worry about the clothes. God's got that for you. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe ye, O you of little faith? Therefore don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? The Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Your needs, your Father is fully aware of them. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Therefore, don't be anxious about even tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day, is the trouble. It's so easy to be concerned about tomorrow. It's so easy to look at what's going on in our country, what's happening around us, what's happening in our homes, and it's so easy to get concerned that God does not want us to be anxious. And he's telling us, do not be anxious about anything. Now, what does this not mean is that we sit back and do nothing. Because that is something that could end up happening to us. Some of us may decide, you know what, God says he's going to take care of anything, so I can sit down and not do anything. He's going to, he's going to feed me, he's going to clothe you. But that would be contrary to other parts of Scripture. Like 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
What it does mean is that once you have done what you can, once you, can, you have done what you can do, you leave the rest in the hands of a loving, merciful, and powerful God who is in total, absolute, and complete control of everything. You can rest yourself in the confidence that this God knows exactly. He knows I need food. He knows I need clothes. He knows I need something to, 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 to drink. He knows what my needs are. I, I don't have to worry about that. And so once I've done what I can do, I can take the rest and say, Father, I give this to you. I've done all I can. And you can be confident that the God who loves you has got this. He's got you. He's got you. But you say to me, Craig, you don't understand. You don't know what's happening around me. And I say, good, that's true. Let's be honest. Let's get it out in the open, as they say. When you look at what's happening, should we not be worried and concerned about the things that are going on in our country? Let's be honest. That. Seven and a half percent. My goodness, when I go to the grocery store, and the thing is, they haven't even put VAT on the shelves. I got to wait till I get to the counter, and, I, and I, I knew I had it, but when they tacked the VAT on there, I'm sure. That's a reason to be worried, don't you think? What about what's happening in the country when you hear about, I, I, I hear they, they sell the Hilton, and, and that property, and they sell, what else we get? What's going on in the country? But you hear the, the crime statistics? Well, actually, no. They don't tell you what the statistics are anymore. So you don't even know what happened in the country with crime. Crime's out of hand. What about job security? They tell me, BC is about to be taken over by a management firm. What does that mean to me and my family? What about those persons working at BC? What does that mean for the future? I've got some challenges in my marriage, some issues with my wife. I've got some issues with my children. What about the problems we have in our country with unemployment? What about the problem with school fees? Do you know how much school fees cost? Private You don't think that's a reason to worry? When you see the long term and the short salary. Think about it. When you think about the light bill. Now, I only put that in there because I know some of you were thinking about it and you were going to bring it up. But the light bill. My business closing down. My company being bought out or taken over. They found traces of cancer. My husband passed away and left me with all these children. The challenges in the ministry. The new pastor. The new position at work. The political issues in the country. These changes, what are they going to mean? Shouldn't I be concerned? Shouldn't I be worried? Shouldn't I be anxious? Paul says 
from his word, God says through Paul from his word, a resounding no. No. I got you. There's no re- need for you to be anxious about anything. He said, but in everything, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So what am I about, what am I to do? If I can't worry about the problem, what I can do? But you need to take it to someone who could do something about it. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, tell God what you need and want. How? He come before him with prayer. Just, just talk to him. I think some of us, we've lost the art. We, we look at God like Santa Claus. I'm not a friend. Just to, you get up, you walk into the job, and you look and say, my goodness, another day. Whew. But before you go in, you know, Daddy, but you know what's going on in this place, right? You know it's rough. You know it's hard in there, man. I mean, the challenges I'm facing. Father, I know you got this, you know. I know you got this. I need you to help me as I get I go into that office. I need to know what to say. I need to, I need to be careful. Keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Father, help me to be a testimony and a witness and an example to you when I walk into this job. Father, help me to know what to say, what to do. How do I speak to my boss? How do I share with this individual? How do I be a good witness and a testimony? Daddy, who it rough? Tell him. Share what's on your heart and mind. Just tell him. Let it out. He cares. He really does care. Cast your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what you think. Tell him what's going on on the inside. Tell him the pain and the hurt and the suffering you're going through and the difficulty you're having, Father. I mean the children, Lord, what's happening over here? The banker. Tell him. Because our God does care. Cast your cares on him. Prayer, talk to him. Supplication, tell him what you need. Make your request known and be specific. Father, I got this. I need to know exactly what's the right word you want me to use. When I go into this meeting and speak to this situation, what's the specific word you want me to say? Because I don't want to antagonize the situation. I don't want to cause more problems. Father, I need to talk to my wife or my husband or my child about something. And I want it to come across. But give me the words to say. Help me in this situation. Father, I'm going to visit a friend of mine who was just diagnosed with cancer. I need to know what to say. Help me. God will give you what you need. Petition him. Ask him. Pour out your soul to him. And do it. With gratitude, because in the midst of any situation you find yourself in, there's something to be thankful for. There's always something to be thankful for. Yeah. I told my wife I'd use us as an example, a hard example. But let's just say, her husband died. My wife has four children. Four. Look at this scenario now. Four children. Oh, what is the youngest one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Three, three. Just turned three. Three, five, eight, and 11, Jonathan? <laughs> 11. Four. My wife is a housewife. I'm the only breadwinner. 
what do you think would happen if I died? And depending on how I died on the job, is that something not to be anxious about? Let's be honest now. You'd feel anxious, wouldn't you? You got the phone call from BEC. Your husband was doing a job. He got electrocuted. He's dead. Gone. That's it. But even in that, Scripture tells us, don't be anxious. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And he says, let it be known to who? Not your neighbor, not your friend at work, not your doctor, not the police, not even the politician. Let your request be made known unto God. You see, God knows exactly what you need. Yeah, but no, no, I know what I need. No, 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 no. God knows what you need. In the middle of this situation, God knows what you need. Let your requests be made known unto God. And I said that politician won for a reason. I heard some of you snicker. So let's look at a text that demonstrates the importance of going to God first. Let's turn to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. And listen to the practice of this principle. Now the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who have survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. No protection. These people are there struggling. They stuck, they're in hard time. They have a reason to be concerned, a reason to worry, a reason to be anxious. The enemy could come in any time and attack them. They were in problems. Great trouble. But what does he say? As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. This brother heard some bad news. The doctor told him he had cancer. Yes, he cried because it was bad news. Father God, I've gotten some news from the doctor that I have cancer. But in the name of Jesus, Father God, I know that you are greater than any cancer. You are the great physician. And there is nothing too hard for you to do. Bring that petition to God. Bring that request. Let him know what's happening. And tell him what you need. So what the first thing you do is you take it to God. 
And then you say, well, well, maybe later. Let's look at chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad? But the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. The king said to me, what are you requesting? What was the next thing he did? Before he told the king what he needed, he prayed. You know what? I got a problem. Someone comes and says, you know, I can help you. Let me pray and ask God, what would you have this person to do. Brothers and sisters, take it to God. First, foremost, and continually keep it and take it before the throne of God. You have a problem, you're in the midst of a situation, you have a situation going on, take it to God. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that you've refrained from being anxious, now that you've made your request known to God with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, his peace will guard your heart and mind. This is the peace Paul had while he was in prison and possibly on his way to death. This is the peace we're talking about. It is a peace of God. It comes from God, not from circumstances or someone else. It doesn't come from your husband. It doesn't come from the money you have in the bank. It doesn't come from the friends you have, the power, the contacts. It comes from God. Yeah, but you don't understand. Listen, one illness. One illness. And that bank account could be gone. So does that mean your peace is gone too? One situation. You take a stand as a believer and those contacts, those friends you have now, walk away. Is your peace gone now? Your husband says, I had enough. He walks out of the house. He's gone. Your peace is gone now? If that's the case, your peace was in the wrong place. On the wrong person. It needs to be the peace of God. The peace in God, trusting in him. Not the power, not the people. And it's a peace that surpasses all. Ooh, a peace that surpasses all all understanding it's a peace that is higher that is better that is excellent that is supreme than any thought or intellect it is a peace that people listen it blows your mind what you have what and you sitting there as if nothing my god got me but, but you don't understand what's going on god got that too but you see what's happening. These people coming in the country. God got that. But, 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 but what happened over here? But, but he got that too. He got that, you know. God got that. So we don't have to worry about that. Our Heavenly Father has that. He has us in his 
hands. And what a loving God we have. What a loving God we serve. Peace of God. Peace of God. Peace of God. A peace of a God. This peace hems you in. It protects you. It keeps a watch over you. It defends. It preserves. It insulates your heart, your desires, your passions and feelings. It insulates your, your affections. It insulates your mind, your understanding, your thought. It protects it. This peace of God is like an elite soldier who guards and protects the most precious possession of God, the believer's heart and mind. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. God got you. You've got, to, you've got to believe that God has you in the middle of the situation, in the middle of the tragedy, in the middle of the problem. God got you. And you can have peace. The peace of God. And when he guards you, it guards you against, against the fear. It, it guards you against being cowardly and not, not doing the thing you know you should do. It, it guards you against depression and discouragement. And I mean, oh my goodness, it happened again. I can't make it. I can't survive. No, 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 no. The peace of God guards against that. God got me. Greater is he that is in me than he. God got me. I'm a child of who? The king. Not, 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 not the king of kings. Is the God who is all powerful. The God who is all knowing. The God who is all present. The God who is in total and absolute control. The God who is sovereign. He is the one I have my confidence in. The peace of God. And it's done in Christ, through Christ, because of Christ, with Christ. Jesus Christ is the instrument of peace. We need to know him. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you want to have this peace. And you need to be walking with him as a believer if you want to have this peace. It comes through Jesus Christ. We petition. And now we ponder. Verse 48, verse, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, lovely, commendable, there, if there's any excellence, if there's any worthy of praise, think on these things. If we want to maintain this peace, we need to have our minds focused on the things that help to preserve peace. The things that are true, real and genuine, honorable and honest, just and right, pure, chaste, morally clean. Things that are lovely, pleasing, kind and gracious, commendable, well spoken of. Things that are generally excellent and worthy of praise. We need to make sure our minds are focused on these things. Listen. Because if you're not thinking on those things, what are you thinking on? And you wonder why you have no peace. You're thinking on something dishonest? Sitting down in front of the computer, looking at some images you shouldn't 
Look at. Maybe you're thinking in the office as you sit down and you're contemplating all the challenges of, of VAT and bringing in accountants and doing all these other issues. I wonder how I could work around that. I wonder if there's a way that I could manipulate not honest, not pure, not lovely. This woman ain't loving me like she should. Boy, her neighbor next door, she looking good. And then you wonder why you have no peace. Why in the midst of these situations you don't have the peace of God that passes all understanding? Because you're not thinking on the things you should. And your mind is now all over. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Where's your mind? What are you thinking on? What are you pondering? What are you considering? And finally, Paul says, practice. And I use the word perform. Philippians 4 9 says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things. Do them. And the God of peace will be with you. The final P on the road to peace is performance. We are, to, we, we, we are talking to this, the right person. We are thinking the right things. Now we need to take action and do the right things. Paul states that the things that the Philippians must do, the, the things they learned of him, they understood and they discovered, things they received, they saw him do, things they heard, they watched Paul. Paul obeyed God's word. And he said, listen, these things you see me practicing, these things you see me performing, these are the things you need to do. These are the things you need to do. And if you do these things, if you practice these things, the God of peace will be with you. I say, God, when I was studying this text, I say, boy, God, you, 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 you fix up your word good, you know. First, I get the peace of God at the front. And then after, at the end, I get the God of peace. I get the peace of God and the God of peace. Why not be living in peace? Why in the midst of our circumstances we have the peace of God? And then we got the God of peace. We should be a people. These are the things that we are to practice. They were to execute and the God of peace would be with them. If you do these things, the God that gives peace will be with you. His blessings will follow the one who lives Peace. Are you saying what I'm saying? Is that we can have the peace of God and the God of peace with us.
Folks, that blows my mind. But the word of God tells me this. As we wrap up, I want to remind you. Let's look at the text. Do not be anxious about anything. Nothing. No thing. How small or large. The losing of a sweater. Nothing. Anything. Don't be anxious. But in everything, everything, the no things, the everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, you say, Lord, help me to find us better. And then you walk downstairs and someone has hung it on the railing on the next floor. And you say, um, so what I was worried about? And God said, I got that. Or you lose the camera and you drop it inside this room that's about this wide. And the Lord say, son, uh-huh. do you think they have a loss in thought? Boy, Lord, I ain't know if anybody could. Oh, by the way, um, did you all find a camera? Oh, hold on, please. What does it look like? A gray camera. Is this it? That's it. Then they give you the test um, with pictures on it. <laughs> Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think on these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. This was the passage the Lord, I feel, gave me for the year. And it's something that is constantly before me. Maybe ask God, Father, bearing in mind this passage, I wonder what you have in store for me this year. Calvary, I wonder what the Lord has in store for us this year. Some of us are going through some challenging times right now. And there may be even some more challenging times on the horizon. As you look around and consider what's happening around us, we could tend to be anxious. But what I like about this verse is that no matter what comes, God has given us a battle plan, a road map to follow that will give us his peace and his presence no matter what. So if and when the problems come and try to steal our peace, we're going to petition. We're going to petition our Father with prayer and supplication. And we're not going to be anxious. We're going to ponder the things that are true, honorable, just, and pure. We're going to perform good works. We're going to perform God's word we have seen and heard, practiced in others, and seen in his word. And we will 
I need you to understand this. He didn't say we might, you know. He didn't say we could have. We will have the peace of God and the God of peace. A promise. And this is from a God who cannot lie. Cannot. In his name. Amen.